0: You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdTonowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and
1: girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetralt-Blade. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. time i see yeah
2: you're right <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning in again to another episode of once upon a turnbuckle um this year's just been a string of special guests and this one's going to be no different so um i've actually got two special guests to introduce to you this time so as well as being fellow podcasters and the co hosts of their you know i'm right podcast they are lifelong wrestling fans as well. So I'd like to welcome to the show Nick Durst and Joe Calabrese. Welcome, guys. Hey, how are you? All good. All good over here. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. For,
1: thanks for having us here. We're excited. Uh, you know, we, we love talking wrestling and this is the perfect podcast for us to come on and do so. Absolutely.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Who doesn't like, you know, discussing wrestling, to be honest with you? it's, it's, it's It was something when I was growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends that were into it i didn't really have many people that i could discuss it with and over the years it did kind of peter out and then thanks to podcasting and social media i'm i'm, I'm back in the community so it's it feels good wow so um,
1: we're, on, we're on the road to we're on the road to wrestlemania this is the exciting time of, of the of the calendar year
2: yeah i was just saying to joe actually i'm i'm um i'm more of an old school wrestling fan so i i grew up with sort of the late 80s, 90s, I kind of lost my way with it, in early 2000s. Um, so I still keep an eye on what's going on. So I'll be interested really to get your guys take on, you know, the current stuff as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll go down that route. Um, I think best way to kick it off though, is how I like to with, with many of my guests is, for both of you, where did your sort of love for wrestling start? Can you remember what it was, who it was that kind of hooked you in? What was going on when it was?
0: Yeah, would you like me yeah, to Yeah,
2: so first?
1: for me... Oh,
0: okay. Um, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> doesn't,
1: uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I'll just go quick. So I just remember, you know, growing up in the 90s, uh, I didn't have cable television. So I uh, was very excited when SmackDown was on regular TV here uh, in, in the United States on Channel 9. So that's when I started watching that. And then I remember, um, you know, when my mom would go to ShopRite on Monday nights, uh, my dad would let me come in his bedroom where we had cable, and we'd watch the Monday Night Wars and go back and forth between Raw and Nitro. And that's that's when my my love of wrestling began. And I, of course, got all the action figures and everything. So that was, all, that was super cool. I remember distinctly um, when Malenko and Benoit and Guerrero showed up on SmackDown, I was like, wait, these guys are on WCW. I got to make sure I ran downstairs, checked my action figures. I was like, yeah, this is the (laughs) WCW guys. I didn't know what was going on. So that was crazy.
2: That was quite an angle. What about you, Joe?
0: So I grew up with older cousins uh, and a few of my uncles watched. My grandmother used to have a collection of VH tapes back from like the late 80s, the 90s, so my cousins, they first watched WrestleMania three, and obviously, when you watch WrestleMania three, you watch Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. They became fans; they were crazy fans, huge fans of guys like Bret Hart and Razor Ramon. So, guys, you're probably very familiar with, and mm-hmm. might have been some of your favorites because you said you're, you're fans. Uh, you were a fan of the product during the yeah. '90s. So, roughly right around the same t- the same time as Nick, uh, I want to say it was like kind of around. Uh, 1999-ish, I started watching. And I remember the move to SmackDown all too well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick and I, I we had the same favorite wrestler being The Rock. So, obviously, when you have a show named after you, that's, uh, you know, it's still I'm as still big as what it is today. Uh, but my cousins used to watch. They used to have all the wrestling figures. They used to have a ton of VH tapes, all the old magazines. And I remember one day I went by my, uh, my great-uncle's house. And I remember... My cousins were like kind of hanging out, roughhousing with me a little bit. And I remember they had the old purple toy intercontinental title.
2: Oh, yeah. And
0: I used to like want to wear that all the time through the house. And, you know, they always used to make fun of me like, uh, you know, and then I grew up and and it was like, oh, you've always been like the intercontinental champion. You're always the workhorse. Uh, But yeah, so those are my earliest memories in wrestling. Uh, I would say the late 90s. Kind of not at the start of the Attitude Era, probably a little bit too young for that. But once, uh, once like Stone Cold was kind of gone with the injury, and The Rock became like the big star, and you had uh, the Royal Rumble in two thousand. I remember when watching that on pay per view, we always have something called the Hot Box, so uh, we used to watch all the pay per views on the Hot Box. But yeah, so Nick and I kind of gotten into that right around the same time.
2: Was it mainly WWE for you guys back in the day, or WWF as it still was back then, or or did you sort of dip into WCW as well?
1: I like both. I was—I mean, I think I was more of a WCW guy Mm. uh, at that time, and uh, but I like them equally, and I'm—I'm a fan of wrestling, so I'll watch—I'll watch watch what I can watch. watch. So
0: So, I never loved. WCW, I used to love watching Sting and I used to love obviously watching Ric Flair, you know, who doesn't love yeah. watching Ric Flair But I re- oh, and Rey Mysterio too and like the Cruiserweights but yeah. other than that, I, I never found myself channel surfing or channel flipping like too much I was always, like me and my friends were always you know, really concrete like WWF WWE guys uh, but I do remember watching the old ECW uh, there used to be a, a cable network here called TNN uh, and ECW used to be on Friday nights. And I remember distinctively watching that in like kind of like 1999, 2000. Mm. I used to love watching like the Dudley Boys. I used to love watching like Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. I used to love watching, yeah. um, you know, especially in 2000, like Rhino was awesome. And I used to love, rest in peace. I used to love watching Mike Awesome too. Yeah. So I was kind of weird that like I was always home on Friday nights and like channel flipping and my mom and my grandma never knew I used to like I used to like sneak watch ECW because it used to be like much more hardcore like at, at the time you knew as a kid like oh I shouldn't be watching this yeah so uh but I used to watch ECW a little bit more believe it or not too but for mostly me it was WWF uh outside of like like staying in flan like the cruiserweights and WCW.
2: I over in the UK ECW wasn't a massive thing for I knew about it because I bought like, you, you know, the independent kind of magazines and that, but spoke about everyone. And I think ECW probably for about six months was featured quite late on a, one of the cable channels we had. So I, I didn't have much knowledge of actually seeing it. I mean, I loved it whenever I stumbled across it because it was so different. I mean, it was the, the attitude area before the attitude area really, you know, occurred. Sure. Um, I don't know how you felt about it though. Like when people like Raven and um, Mike Awesome and that went over to WCW, sort of their careers kind of went a bit south, or at least at that point. Do you agree that you know they didn't really, they didn't really know? Yeah, what to WCW.
1: Do with it? They just wanted to get the competition away from the competition. They didn't really yeah. use them, though. They, other than Hulk Hogan, of course, and Nash right. and Hall, but like they got Bret Hart. What do you do? Nothing. They bring in my Mike Awesome. He didn't do anything. No. That that was kind of like. Macho Man didn't really do anything. Luger didn't do anything. That was just kind of their M.O. and uh, maybe in the long run that might have hurt them.
2: It's like you guys were probably, you, you you were watching it around the time then obviously when WCW went out of business and then yeah. we've got the invasion
1: angle. Now at that point 20 I, years ago. I know.
0: Where, where was Shane that going?
1: Shane McMahon uh, about a few weeks ago. Yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> See, I, I
2: I wasn't keeping up with it in real time at that point. It was about the summer of 2000, I stopped being able to watch it on a weekly basis, so I kind of lost track a little bit. I knew what was going on, and I think that even to me, not seeing the build-up or anything, not having seen WCW probably for about two years, I was beyond shocked that that happened. Um, I mean, what was your guys' take on on that element, the invasion, the what they could have done? I've got I've got a show, basically, I recorded one last night, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks, where me and a, another guy we dissect the, the fall of WCW and we're going to go on to discuss the invasion angle
1: and, and what went wrong in our opinion.
2: Yeah. What was your take on, on that whole thing?
1: I like the invasion angle. Uh, people give it a bad rep, but you know, I don't see, you know, people like, Oh, you should have had Hogan sting and you know, and all these guys, but if, if Hogan's got the opportunity to, to stay home and make his full salary as opposed to coming on the road 265 days a year at a reduced salary, why would he ever say, I'm going to go to work? I know if I had the opportunity to get paid full-time for my job and not work, I think I would do it. you probably do it. Joe would probably do it. So I can't fault WWE for not being able to get these big, massive contracts you know, and bring them over. So I'm okay with that. The only thing I didn't like about it is it became too much about you know, Shane and Stephanie, yeah. and in the end, it all became an angle about making Kurt Angle and Stone Cold look strong. So I didn't yeah. like the ending to it, but yeah. I thought it was so cool having everybody coming in. And, you know, how could you forget Booker T coming in with the rock and uh, yeah. just, you know, incredible, incredible stuff when that first happened?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the invasion angle gets a really bad rep, but I agree with Nick because when you look back on old clips, now I know this is a time that you weren't really watching, but I think three of the most popular clips, I think people used to watch on YouTube and now probably find somewhere on the network that it's, it's on Peacock. Um, when Austin comes back and clears the ring uh, of all the members of the Alliance before he officially turns heel, you have Kurt Angle in the Milk Truck, which is yeah. just as iconic. Maybe not as much as Austin in the Beer Truck, but in, in, in a similar <laughs> sense, it's Close. very memorable. And then there's the promo, uh, where you have two of the all-time great promo guys, probably two of the top five, I would say, uh, when you have The Rock and Chris Jericho uh, basically obliterating, it was Booker T. Rhino and Stephanie McMahon in the ring. So right. How could you forget the famous line? I won't say it, but the silver
1: right. spoon... <laughs> the yep. sucker and the <laughs> broke ass <laughs> yep
0: uh but but nick is also right uh i think by the the fall the angle kind of lost steam a little bit it became more just about the mcmahon family mm. and, and a lot of the internal guys who were already with the company guys like booker t took a backseat. diamond dallas page took a back seat. We, we
1: all know if, if they had everybody it would have been uh right. hogan hall nash rick flair and sting as the five for wcw which would have been amazing yeah but it never it didn't work out and i understand why it didn't work out it is it's it's all about money
2: yeah it was from sort of my perspective as well they probably by that point before they even got to having a finale at the survivor series they'd watered down the impact of having wcw and ecw present there anyway they didn't really exist except for a, just a small batch of wrestlers that were calling right. themselves ECW or whatever. right
1: and I I could not stand Paul Heyman and that whole time where he took over because the king left uh, uh I was like this guy with his leather coat his yeah. his horrible jet his horrible hat and hair uh, just, <laughs> I couldn't stand this guy but it turns out that apparently Paul Heyman and Joe's dad may have been friends back in the day. <laughs>
2: Similarities, there I guess.
0: Yeah, I, uh, f- you know, for my last point on the invasion angle, uh, it actually seemed like the ECW guys got more of uh, a-, a rub, I guess, for lack of a better term. Absolutely, Rhino went on to have a really—I mean, he never won a world championship in-, in WWE, but he had a really solid career, and he was in part of a lot of really great angles. Hmm. Uh, his-, his appearances with and Christian were, were super fun. Obviously, he got pushed a couple of times. Uh, later on in his career, when they, they, they redid the draft for the second time, he was one of the first uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions with Heath Slater. So he had a great career. Uh, Rob Van Dam ended up right. he's going in the Hall of Fame this year. Mm. Uh, I think... Spice uh, Dudley came RBD over, back too. And I did, too. So, uh, and, it's seen, and, and Taz all became an all-time great announcer mm. for those couple of years on SmackDown. He ended up getting to call. A well, he here comes a the pain. Battle. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, and obviously you could see that the, the Dudley boys, too, but that was more before the alliance. But mm. it, it seemed like the ECW guys uh, became much bigger stars uh, Yeah. in that period of time than WCW guys did. I think yeah, they had Diamond most-
1: Dallas Page got destroyed from The Undertaker. And then yeah. the only guy that was really successful was Booker Tick.
2: Yeah. Do you think the ECW guys just have more to prove? To, you know, for
1: themselves. I think that they got better booking because there was not really any bad blood between ECW and WWE. You, right. We know that Vince McMahon was funding Paul Heyman yeah. at the time so yeah. using it as a minor league system whereas the WCW guys, not only were they coming in with serious heat from their peers, but you know there was no chance that WWE or WDF at the time was going to book their guys to lose to the competition.
0: Mm. Yeah, people forget that the, there was an integration between WWF and ECW in, it, it was 1997, I believe. And there were a, a bunch of segments on Raw. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was involved. Yeah. So the, the ECW takeover was not something that that wasn't already done or it wasn't original. Uh, and late in later years, you saw, uh, once ECW went away for good, you saw kind of like what uh, Ring of Honor became. Mm. Uh, WWE always figures out a way uh to, to to use that level of company uh sort of as a minor league system and right.
1: like evolve
0: uh, that's exactly right. what yeah. it is and now it's evolve
1: uh evolve might be becoming evolve nxt which would be the minor things for nxt so because right. i think you know, they're out of business but I believe wwe bought them
2: right okay that's interesting
1: at least their tape library
2: Yes. Okay. So sort of it a little bit more up to date to your, you know, to the, the era that you guys have grown up with, who for each of you, who are the the sort of the the impact players really that you've followed? You mentioned the rock, you know, back yeah, in the day. So anyone yeah. anyone else that's come through that, that you 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 really have sort of stood by and, and followed and, and sort of they became the main people for you?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously Joe and I huge rock fans in the nineties. Also, I mean, how could you not like Sable and Trish Stratus? I mean, the, another <laughs> Stratus here right there. Joe's a huge Lita guy as well. Okay, uh, cool. Dully boys are pretty cool. Um, but, you know, for more like the 2000s on, I mean, big fan of John Cena. Uh, did a lot to, to maintain the ship there. And uh, that, was, that was my guy as a kid uh, there in the, the, the 2000s. And present day, uh, love The Miz love Elias and you know how could you not be in awe of the athletic yeah. prowess of the nature girl Charlotte Flair I mean she does things in the ring that most guys can't do and there's no way any of the other females can do so yeah. you know people always give her better oh yeah her father but she's better wrestle than her father I was gonna so say, she's, she's it, doing she's incredible
2: she's yeah. doing a lot more than he than he well not not necessarily a lot more a lot more Different, a lot more athletic stuff than he was doing. So it's not like you know she's just been given this opportunity. She's she looks like she's certainly earned. She's it. earned it. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Joe?
0: So when I was a kid, at the peak of the Attitude Era, my favorites were all the fan favorites, right? I was just very typical. It was The Rock, it was Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho uh, like was amazing. The Hardy Boys and Lita, like like Nick said before. Uh, as I got older, I started liking some of the edgier characters, and I started appreciating like the wrestling aspect a little bit more. So uh, I, I wasn't, I loved John Cena at the beginning. I became the typical like guy who wanted John Cena to turn heel uh, mm-hmm. back in like the late 2000s, early 2010s. So at that time, like my favorite would always transition into like whoever was the biggest anti-hero at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's like a string where I like loved Edge. There was a string where I loved CM Punk. Uh, when Daniel Bryan became one of the, like, the, the the top players, and he had that whole run to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that seeing that. Uh, Dean Ambrose was my guy. You know, Unfortunately, I think uh, his push was kind of ruined in, in WWE, which disappoints me greatly. Uh, in terms of favorites today, my favorite wrestler, believe it or not, is actually Sasha Banks. I think she's the best. The boss. The she does. Uh, Nick is a huge. I, obviously, I love Charlotte, too. I think she, yeah. Nick's 100% right. I think in-ring-wise, she's much more athletic and better the wrestler. Charlotte
1: Sasha feud uh, oh. 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 was, and I know Chris, I didn't say it, but that was historic for women's wrestling. Mm. Main eventing pay per views, main eventing Raws, uh, yeah. street fights, or anywhere, or anywhere, kind of steel cage, Hell in a Cell, like that brought the women's division to a whole another level. Mm. And to me, those are two of the top three, top four greatest of all time. And they're mm. both wrestling
0: right now. Not least and I also a- want to add that my grandma's a huge fan she's been a fan for over 30 years uh her favorites were bruno san martino oh, and then it's... she got older and she started watching with me mm-hmm. uh her favorite's been the undertaker she's always oh, loved yeah. the undertaker. we watched the documentary together i watched the the wwe network documentary all parts with my mother and my grandmother they loved it uh and my grandma also believe it or not was a huge fan of dusty Rhodes. so okay
2: yeah, yeah. So I, when uh, going back to the just quickly to the women's divi- uh, division today, that's one point I was actually going to move on to. So comparing the two, when I grew up with it in like the, through the nineties, the women's division was really just sort of a, it was a footnote. It was a bit of a laughing stock in a way. The last sort of credible, I think, women's wrestlers probably were you know, sensational Sherry, Alundra Blaze, Medusa, Luna Vachon. You know, you didn't really have anyone that they could have had any great success with except for each other so it petered out but you look at it today and the fact that they headlined Wrestlemania and is there talk that there's going to be another women's match headline in one of the nights this yeah year? so
1: night, night one of Wrestlemania Saturday night is going to be the main event's going to be Sasha Banks the SmackDown Women's Champ taking on the Royal Rumble winner Bianca Belair. So, you
2: yeah, know how far has it come in? I mean, even ten years, you know, let alone the twenty years that I've I've kind of you know been in the shadows a little bit. But
0: I can speak on behalf of my mother because my mother watches the product with me a lot, and I'm quite frankly, she has no choice in the matter. <laughs> but my mom watches, and she believes that the women are distinctly the best part of the show. She loves watching reggie Sasha and charlotte she mm-hmm. loved watching becky's run to the top uh she loves watching bailey she loves watching Asuka. she thinks Asuka's absolutely hilarious yeah uh, and she loves the, the smackdown women so she loves like bianca too she loves carmela you know nick uh, and i are from staten island here. but Melo,
1: when Melo was money when she won money in the bank that was that's when i liked her now i, I don't like her currently but, but yeah uh, she was
0: great but in, in terms of where we've been the athleticism of this women and mm. of these women and, and the character work too. Like I said, my mom thinks they're distinctively the best part of the show. She loves the women's matches. Mm. Uh, we've had some time here now since the pandemic started. Uh, she's got to watch a lot of stuff closely. So she's always really, really impressed. Oh, and uh, she also watches uh, Ms. and Mrs. You know, she's a oh, huge what a great fan show. of Ms. and Maurice. <laughs> Total Divas, another great shout <laughs> And she follows up on all of them on, on social media too. So
1: okay. Uh,
0: yeah, so, yeah, women's wrestling has come a really, really long way. Cause... My wife hates wrestling, loves Total Bellas, listens to their podcast, I you, yeah. watches
1: their show. <laughs> I, I, I Most wrestling fans know the Bellas weren't any good. They, they were going to the Hall of Fame. But for some reason, they just have this mass appeal outside of the wrestling world. It's yeah. it's confusing.
2: I, um, I must admit, some years ago, because my wife's dead set against wrestling, she really doesn't like it at all. She doesn't understand why I ever got into it. But we did stumble across sort of following a few series of Total Divas when it was on over here, just because it's that kind of sort of trashy TV that I think she...
1: See, For, for me, I really liked Total Divas TV. because it was the first time we actually got to see them peel back the curtain, and we could yeah. see this background stuff behind stage. And of course, it gave birth to Eva Marie. Um, so the, yeah, I like that behind the scenes stuff. Ms. and Mrs does a good job with that as well. I want to see the wrestlers interacting and hanging out with each other and see what it's all about behind mm. the scenes.
2: Speaking of um, uh, Eva Marie and Charlotte, I understand was it you, Nick, or, or both of you done the interview with both of them?
1: Yeah, okay. so I've uh, I interviewed both of them. Uh, I used to work with a minor league baseball team here uh, for the New York Mets to Brooklyn Cyclones, and they both happened to come to the uh, the game to play in a celebrity softball game. And okay, I go up to Charlotte; she's shaking her hand, introducing herself to me. Uh, This is before she – this is, like, (laughs) when she first came to the main roster and she was going to face Nikki Bella at SummerSlam. Um, So, she she was very – her hands so nice. Eve Marie, she was so nice as well. People give her a better rap. Nicest person, you know, you can think of. Uh, And I also interviewed Fandango. He was there. Ryback was there too. And they don't call Mm -hmm. him the big guy for nothing. This Mm -hmm. guy was tremendous. I mean (laughs) – He was just – Pure muscles, huge, just tremendous guy. Um, so that was a really cool opportunity. But yeah, I'll never, I can always say, and I'll never forget, I interviewed Charlotte and I interviewed Eva Murray. So it's two big things for me. And then years later, I ended up working for Major League Baseball at their network on a show. And one of the hosts, Adnan Verk, he's saying, oh, he's, he brings up Eva Murray. And I run out and I'm like, look, here he is, I'm interviewing her. And he's like, oh, unbelievably, so he tweets it out to his 150,000 people. Is like, oh, wow. proof enough that Nick underscore Durst is the future of the broadcast business. <laughs> and that puts the picture of me. Because huh? all, all these guys, they just go crazy or even wait for some reason.
2: That's that's brilliant. And I, I was watching um th- briefly when it was on Prime over here, literally last week. Do you know the series Paradise City at all?
1: Paradise Island, you said?
2: No, Paradise City is called. It's a spin-off of the movie American Satan, oh. I think. It's set in LA. It's about a, a metal band that's trying to make a comeback. There was a character in that that I knew I knew her, and I didn't know why. That was it was Eva Marie. It was Eva Marie. And yeah, it wasn't, nice. wasn't until my wife sort of checked IMDB, and she was like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so <laughs> it all. But that's probably, you know, yeah, taking a route into there since her, her wrestling career didn't, didn't really take off, did it? I there don't... were
1: big rumors months ago that she was back, but I guess it was all just rumors because she has not been back yet. She's you know, very unfortunate.
2: No, they, they like feeding sort of Hollywood and celebrities in there and everything. So maybe she'll come back in the celebrity wing or something. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I, um, um, we'll talk about your podcast in a minute because uh, there's a couple of episodes I have listened to, obviously wrestling related, which I'm really, really impressed with. And they were brilliant to listen to, but um. I understand that the both of you, um, you've actually seen some big events live as well. Because I did a feature on my podcast a few weeks ago, speaking with fans who've actually been at these events. I only got to to one sort of major WWF event in my my whole life so far. Um, so so talk about those sort of which which were they or what were the most memorable ones for both of you?
1: So Joe's been to more than me, so I'll just tell you mine first. And two of mine, I know he was definitely at. So. Uh, well, I went to some pay-per-view at the Izod Center. Maybe it was like a, a no way out or something. And not, not too memorable for the most part. It was fun, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, the memorable events, I mean, I've been to some Raws. Uh, maybe I've been to a SmackDown. My most memorable events were NXT TakeOver, the first one in Brooklyn, seeing Sasha Banks versus ballet, which was incredible, which Joe was his favorite match ever. Then I have to also <laughs> say I went to... Survivor Series, The Rock's big return, The wow. Rock and John Cena teaming up, to take on the Awesome Truth, the Miz and our Truth, and nobody cared because it was all about Zack Ryder. We wanted <laughs> Zack Ryder, he was there. And then I went to the most recent WrestleMania in New Jersey, where we saw the the big time main event of Charlotte versus Becky versus Charlotte, and we also saw Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship, and we saw Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins win the tag titles. <laughs> uh, so now those are my events i know joe has been to probably all those as well which he thought it's awesome but he's also been to some more events than me sure.
2: cool you know, i'll
0: uh i'll fill in the blanks here cool. uh one of the most unique nights that i've ever been to uh was the 2008 royal rumble because that was around the time where like the dirt sheets you can call them like mm-hmm. internet wrestling like from, like, 2005 to 2008, that's when, like, all those, like, sites started blowing up. Yeah. So the rumor at the time was that number 30 in the Royal Rumble was going to be Bobby Lashley. Everybody thought it was going to be Bobby Lashley. Lo and behold, John Cena's back from a torn peck for three months. Nobody yeah. expected that. It was a true surprise. Uh, it was probably one of the loudest, I think, I mean, I've ever been in Madison Square Garden for, mm. uh, very very legitimately like overwhelming moment uh so much fun being in the building for that that brief like 10 period uh 10 minute period of time yeah. uh nick mentioned survivor series i won't mention that uh i also went to the first wrestlemania here that was in met life so the three big matches were the rock and john cena uh once in a lifetime part two yeah. uh which put his career on the line and ended up wrestling more than a couple of times after that anyway. Uh, and then it was The Undertaker and CM Punk, which uh, is probably The Undertaker's most underrated uh, WrestleMania match. So uh, mm-hmm. even though the the second event at, at the stadium recently was better, uh, mm-hmm. still an unbelievable experience. Uh, seeing The Undertaker's entrance live, seeing The Rock entrance live, mm-hmm. uh, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I also, there was a Raw in 2013 it was one of the very first Raws at the Barclays Center, and the main event segment was John Cena picking his WrestleMania, uh, his SummerSlam opponent, uh, and that was the night that he picked Daniel Bryan. And oh,
2: Okay, yeah. The
0: feeling the feeling in that 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 building that night was indescribable, because you almost knew the inevitable was gonna happen. Yeah. That was the night. Where we said to ourselves like, wow, they're going to run with Daniel Bryan. Maybe we do have finally have a voice again. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I always praise the Sasha versus Bailey match at TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one, because to me, that is the Ricky Steamboat uh, versus Macho Man, I think of, of women's wrestling. I think that match is going to uh, was that the match? That was the match that put women's wrestling back on the board. Right,
1: I remember Joe. That wasn't even in the top five of the all-time NXT women's matches when they Which put the list out. A of it's-, <laughs> it's a lie it's one. The second one was right. The oh, and I also
0: one. want to mention that uh, I drove to DC Battleground 2016 because I always said I wanted to watch the Shield uh, three guys wrestle in the same match. They main evented that night for the WWE Championship. Dean Ambrose won that match. Uh, even you though he said that- he
1: was going to do it, and he did
0: it. Even though that match wasn't a five-star match, it was just really, really special. I always wanted to see those three guys fight in the same match,
2: so there you go. Awesome. Wow. What a uh, what a variety there, you know. So, I mean, again, someone like me who's been to one, that will always stick in my mind. But uh, Yeah, unfortunately, many... they
1: don't really uh, run too many shows over there. other than No. The, uh, usually the, post, the post-WrestleMania house show tour and maybe a Raw and a SmackDown.
2: Yeah, so I was at uh, One Night Only in 97, the one where... Shawn Michaels beat the Bulldog for the European title, um, which I was a massive Shawn Michaels fan at the time. So it was, it was really odd being in this whole block of Bulldog fans. And I was the only one there with a Shawn Michaels
1: sign. And if if WE ever has a, a a big pay-per-view event over there, you're gonna make sure you're at it.
2: I might, I I would probably try just to say I'm there. Yeah, definitely. Because right. I the the one that I always regret not ever having the chance to have been at was SummerSlam 92, because people still talk about it today.
1: All
0: right
2: um I, I don't think we'd ever get anything like that over here now they but should definitely. do
0: they should do wrestlemania in Wembley stadium and they should bite the bullet because if you're going to make wrestlemania five to six hours now i think yeah. people are going to be on board with the idea of wrestlemania starting at what two o'clock in the afternoon three o'clock in the afternoon yeah uh, i mean i'm talking our time right yeah so
2: yeah, the be, be bit uh, better I think Wembley
0: Stadium is, is a money idea. I think it's a monumental opportunity. Yeah, they you should do it. Put initiative. Tyson, put Tyson Fury in the main event, and uh, <laughs> they get to
1: uh, Fury versus Lesnar. Me and Joe were talking about it last oh, night. Be amazing, they gotta yeah. do that match next year, in, uh in, in Dallas for WrestleMania.
2: That would be brilliant. What is it like to be at a WrestleMania? I've I've spoken to one one other person who's been at one, and they they described it as pretty intense the whole weekend. Indescribable.
0: Yeah, when 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 people say it's the Super Bowl of wrestling, I so last year when I went, uh, I tailgated and I had there was a person in our in our crew who unfortunately needed special assistance. You know, we had the the chair for him and everything. Yeah. So we ended up getting the special, you know, handicap parking and we were right next to the gate to go in. We were right next to all the merchandise trucks. We had the grill set up. We were making food. We had the, like the car radio blasting. We were listening to the Yankee game. There was a Yankee game on during the day. We were listening to wrestling theme songs all day. We had people from all over the country and all around the world coming up to us and hanging out with us during the whole day. We made this a whole day experience. And obviously the show itself lasted almost six hours. So that was a marathon in itself too. So it was almost like we broke the day into two parts. But there is nothing like it. Like it is legitimately the Super Bowl. You're interacting with people who are from all over the world who have the, the same love for it that you do. It like it, it's truthfully indescribable. It's it, it's a whole spectacle, uh, and and like the week itself and doing stuff. Uh, you know, when 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 we're we're have the like the world running and we're not dealing with the pandemic. Like the experience of being in the city and seeing wrestling fans everywhere. Listening well, to Elias saying
1: like, grace here, <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't get any
0: better
1: than that. Yeah. John Cena returning as Dr. Orthogonomics. Tremendous.
2: Amazing. Um, uh, I, I, I hope they follow through then, really, with your suggestion there, Joe, to, to bring it over here, because it's it's definitely something I think. I know a few friends from over here who have traveled over to America.
1: I think, and, uh, you, I
0: think everybody there deserves it. And I yeah. think well,
1: it do you think? Do you historical think? Opportunity. Chris, do you think if they have it at Wembley that it would easily sell out? There'll be enough audience 100%. people, people that want to go there from the I, UK.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know really if it is as big over here as it may have may have been before, say during, mm. you know, the late nineties or even right. back when Summerslam ninety two was over here. But I think it's it's a big enough event and a big enough right. sort of trademark that I even think even if that aren't wrestling I think fans if anything,
1: great. do do SummerSlam at Wembley. Yeah. I mean I mean yeah. I think I think if you're they're worried about WrestleMania because maybe people internationally or whatever want to travel to America rather than mm. the UK, if it's easier or something then do that there you
2: know i i i think it's a big enough it's a, it's a big enough name it's a recognizable attraction that that even re- non wrestling fans will go to it for the experience so yeah i don't see why they wouldn't that's uh, but yeah so um so going on to what you guys sort of do at the minute then your your podcast tell us a little bit about that sort of what it's about how how did it come about some of the people that you've spoken to you know yeah give it give it a plug
1: go ahead joe <laughs> well, I thought you wanted to go first. You're wearing the sweatshirt, right? <laughs> the podcast is you know am right. And you can get it on Spotify or, you know, wherever you get your podcast, check it out in the zone.io. It's there as well. Check it on our on in the zone's social media platforms in the zoneio. Check it on my Twitter at Nick underscore Durst. Check it on Joe's Twitter at J Calbury one. Check it on Joe's Instagram at Joey Cal's. And check it on my Instagram at Nick's food and stuff, Nick's food and stuff. So you'll see my food and you'll see my podcast and sports stuff. Um, you know, I'll let, I'll let Joe talk about this first, then I'll film the, the missing pieces here. Cause Joe has a great perspective on how the podcast started up and how we got to where we are today. Cool.
0: So it was definitely Nick's baby. Uh, Nick and I have been friends for a while, uh, something materialized finally last year and with the pandemic going on it was as good of a time as ever to start projects like this so the the first episodes were us talking about sports talking a lot of wrestling going back and forth we were lucky that wwe was still running shows at the performance center uh gave us some stuff to talk about uh over the course of the last four to five months here it, it it has really taken on a much bigger life of on of itself. Mm. Uh, we've been able to get a lot of really tremendous guests. It's a lot of people uh, so far in the sports world. We've gotten a couple of people in the, the, the wrestling world as well. Uh, people in that sphere are, are a little harder to get a hold of, mm. obviously, with the the way the companies operate. So hopefully, uh, we continue uh, we can continue to have guests on in the future. Uh, but it was from the mind of Nick. Uh, he had a great idea, great concept for it. Uh, like I said, it started taking off here recently. Uh, I think he recognized somebody in, in me who was a friend, who, somebody who would he enjoy doing the podcast with. Uh, and I think more so than anything else, I think the dynamic between him and I uh, were, were kind of a, a blend of, of two people who are entirely unique on our own. Uh, So you add us two with somebody else uh, and that dynamic. And I think that's what makes it work really, really well. I think there's just a really great uh, Mm -hmm. flow of communication. Uh, I happen to think that the three-person podcast for us uh, works a lot better than if we were to do something on our own individually. Okay,
2: cool, cool. No, what I've heard of it is is fantastic. One in particular that I gravitated to straight away was um Jimmy Corderas. Because um, obviously, definitely from my era, I, I recognized his name straight away. And it's yeah, yeah. And it's 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 it was so interesting because you hear a lot of podcasts where they speak to the wrestlers, but you don't get many where the referees or the backstage people have actually had this platform to speak about stuff. And I was I was so intrigued by some of the stuff that he had to say. Um, are there any more in the pipeline like like him, you know, from the wrestling world and that they are that oh, come through?
1: We have someone just like him. We actually have him coming back again on oh, WrestleMania. So that's <laughs> gonna be great. Awesome uh, we had on Scott Stanford, he does you probably if you wanted a pay-per-view in, in the UK, you'd see him doing the pre-show, whatever. Um, he does WWE work, does studio work. We had an Ardal Kyle who was Kyle. Edwards in WWE so we we talked to him we're trying we're going to try to get on uh, Tony Luffman who uh, he was in WWE apparently he was huge in the UK Uh, I forget what his last name was uh, with with, with WWE but we're trying to get uh, many more wrestling guests We might have Rich Brennan coming on Uh, it's tough though you know we get we get in contact with these wrestlers um, like some people with AEW or ROH and they say, yeah, come on, but you gotta run it by the PR guy and the PR guy doesn't yeah. answer you. So I don't know what it is because to me, you're hurting yourself by not having your talent come on and promote their programming. Sure. So we'll see. We're trying to definitely get a lot more into the, the wrestling sphere here.
2: I'll I'll definitely be keeping an eye on it. I uh it's it's what I, I love, particularly again with the the old school guys. A lot of them are out there looking for these kind of things. You know, I've I've managed to get a couple right. on so far. Joe,
1: you wanna tell you wanna tell uh Chris, about what
0: happened with Teddy Hart. familiar with Teddy Hart, the wrestler?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Teddy intrigued.
0: Hart was somebody we were able to get to very early on. We figured, you know, it would be nice. He'd be our first wrestler guest. Yeah. Uh, basically, wanted money for it. Was, like, inquiring about that. Ended up getting arrested. So, it was kind of good that it didn't necessarily materialize for us. But uh, we tried to get him on super early, and it just didn't work out. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there are other guys like that that we're, we're, we're going to try to. I mean, we need to have more wrestling guests on, you know, for somebody who, who's a huge wrestling fan and, and yeah. Nick as well. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we can definitely uh, look to see if we can have more on in the future.
2: But you, you definitely cover, by the looks of it, a, a really wide spectrum on your show, you know, sports, you know, personalities and that. Are you fans of, of, of all the sports that you cover, or is it just sort of where it's gone since you started it?
1: Yeah, we're definitely fans of all the sports we cover. Uh, but, you know, one of the inter- one of the interviews we did, two interviews we did kind of caught us by surprise. One was with Mary Carilla, who used to be a tennis player. She does big-time Olympic coverage here in the States. And she was just really awesome. We didn't really know, like, too, too much about her going into it. And she was a blast, really fun. And then we had Tommy Smith, a legendary soccer commentator, or as you would call it, football. yeah. yeah. Uh, he was really funny. He was awesome. Huge with St. Patrick's Day. So those are two guests that really kind of caught us for a surprise that weren't really necessarily right in our wheelhouse, but ended up being one of our two of our favorite interviews.
2: Cool, cool. So before we start to wrap it up, I need to sort of circle back because it, obviously it is WrestleMania season, like we, like we mentioned. So um, first of all, before we get to the event itself, and I ask you for the dreaded predictions or what you are looking to happen, <laughs> they, they, let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Just quickly, your thoughts on obviously there's the class of 2020 going in as well. But what are your thoughts on the the ones that have been announced for this year's class?
1: I'm just really happy that the Hall of Fame is going to be limited to five minute speeches per person. Because <laughs> I cannot like three hour, four hour, five hour, six hour Hall of Fame events. Well, right. Two hours this year. There's two Hall of Fame events, so yeah. I have no problem with. Uh, obviously, Kane should go in. RVD should go in. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, great Kelly is a little bit of a head scratcher, but I yeah. guess it's all about the money because you know they want to ex- you know exploit India here and in the yeah. big market there. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, Shatner is going in, so that's great. He's a legend, Canadian legend, a celebrity. Wayne Titus is getting me the, uh, the Warrior Award, well deserved. Yeah. Oh, what do you think, Jerry?
0: Okay. Yeah, so William Shatner is very, very close friends with Jerry Lawler, and. Uh, there's a a really long, distinct tie in there that maybe not necessarily is totally uh, WWE-related, but uh, the working relationship and friendship that they've had through the years. uh, And again, the celebrity wing is supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? Mm. It's supposed to be celebrities who who like doing the appearances, who have a good time with it, uh, who have a lot of connections within the industry. So uh, can't complain there. Uh, Absolutely, RVD definitely deserved to go in kane does definitely deserve to go in yeah uh well, i don't know undertaker is think... gonna break character to introduce kane yeah they're, there's no character with the undertaker anymore. not anymore i don't that... think no <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah, we've we the all, i was that, gonna say
2: we've all gone. seen that yeah yeah that was that was amazing that was i, I really did enjoy that
0: so <laughs> uh so batista was supposed to go in and now they are gonna hold off now until uh you have a lot of. You know, Batista and The entertainment Undertaker are going in right. in Dallas.
2: I was I just about to ask that. Yeah, pre- yeah. I, I, the rumors are Undertaker for next year, you know, do you, is, is that your thoughts as well that that's when it will happen?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so. The following year in, in California, Los Angeles, they better put The Rock in. Yeah. I don't know what they're yeah. waiting for.
2: <laughs> you're the, yeah, you're the, 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 the big one. second guy in two days to say that or one of these. So, you know, yeah, let's uh, let's hope that's what they're aiming for.
0: I kind <laughs> of like, that in a weird way the biggest headliner this year is going to be kane how uh, about the nwo like, and, but, but they they kind of already have gone in individually i mean yeah how many times do you think triple h is going to be in the hall of fame i think at least three <laughs> probably four right you have like, dx you have evolution yeah you the actual character himself yeah. and probably triple h like the ceo exactly. yeah, like, yeah.
2: When they decide I'll to say abduct three. him. I'll out say family. three. Yeah, absolutely. So getting to the event itself then, um, any predictions for what will happen? Any hopes what will happen?
1: My prediction is no matter what, there'll be fans complaining on the internet. <laughs> so they won't like the yeah. event. Now, I, I, I'm i really hoping the almighty Bobby Lashley destroys Drew McIntyre and just has a random dominance, sets up a nice SummerSlam match with Brock Lesnar. That'd be awesome. I think Charlotte's going to get added to the rear Ripley Oscar match for making a triple threat. Uh, I think Owens versus Zane's going to be incredible. It's going to be an awesome. match. Rollins versus Cesaro is going to be awesome as well. And, you know, just going to look forward to, to have having an event where we could see a massive amount of fans in the stand. It's going to make a tremendous difference. Finally, watching some awesome wrestling in front of a live studio. audience. Yeah.
0: Enjoy. I, it's going to be interesting because I myself am not a huge fan of the two nights of WrestleMania because I'm thinking long term I'm going to have to end up shelling out more money to go. Yeah, But I think it works in, in the sense that when you look at the card this year, even if you're not necessarily interested in every match, you know that a lot of these matches that they've been building up are going to have some time to breathe. It doesn't feel like there's any real match that's like a big multi-man match that was kind of thrown together on the fly. Mm. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Zaro is going to be one of the best in-ring matches on the whole show. Uh, That's going to have a a whole life of it like in its own. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn kind of in the same boat. Uh, I think the Big E versus Apollo Crews match uh, for the Intercontinental Mm. Championship has quietly been built up very well. Uh, I'm very interested in both world title matches. I think both world title matches and the stories going into them have been great. Uh, I think Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair should main event the first night of WrestleMania. I hope it does. I think it's going to be a great match. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of the stuff that's going to be happening in ring wise, you're going to get a lot of great wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, unfortunately it's two nights. Uh, I would rather it stay one night moving forward, you know, uh, that's something that I think is going to be on the table, and it's something that Nick and I are kind of in agreement here. We don't necessarily love. Uh, but no. in terms of having time for each match, I think each match is going to get at least 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and in, in the case of a, maybe like Seth Rollins versus Cesaro or Bianca versus Sasha, I think those matches are going to be the best in the show. And I think with the extra time that mm-hmm. they normally, usually wouldn't get, uh, I think it's going to be able, you're going to it's going to add a lot of quality to the matches. So, yeah. Um, also, we, we got
1: the debut of Amos. Him and yeah. AJ t- team to, yeah. to
0: take on the New Day, which should be good.
1: Also, I mean, his matches at WrestleMania are always great. Shane, O'Mac taking on Braun Strowman. Unfortunately, I think the ending's going to be that uh, Strowman throw shane through the cage the steel cage and then he loses the match because shane's gonna get out first mm, and that's right. uh, it's they with the miz right uh two years ago right joe where yeah. you know he, he got the win shane but he got he looked like he was gonna lose so that's what they that's the recipe with the shane mcmahon match but they, they're always they're always good i mean him and, him and aj styles a few years ago was one of the best matches at, at that at that wrestlemania
0: joe Absolutely. A couple of celebrity appearances. So you have Bad Bunny and Logan Paul doing oh. their appearances. The Miz oh.
1: needs to destroy Bad Bunny, but he's going to lose, which is a disgrace. This is a guy who's WWE champion I know. a few weeks ago. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he's going to lose to Bad Bunny. <laughs> I, oh.
0: also, I also want to describe the, the, the Universal Championship match because I think Roman Reigns has gotten a lot of hate through the years. I think he's having currently the best run of his whole yeah. career. I yeah. think he's become a real true superstar for them with uh, somebody with mainstream and crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. And I think the story going into WrestleMania with Edge winning the Rumble, sort of having his moment being undercut by him a little bit by Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, I think, is the true fan favorite in the match. And I think it's interesting that Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan all at some point in their careers had to relinquish uh, and lose a world championship because of injury. Yeah. So I yeah. think there's a lot of really great stories involved in that universal championship match i think it's very worthy of a wrestlemania main event i'm really happy to see roman reigns have the success that he did because fans were not on his side for a really long time mm. and i think a lot of people are really starting to warm up to him and, and kind of give him giving him the respect that he deserves
2: there you go so stay tuned everyone who's tuning him for that now one final question for both of you i love to pelt this one at the special guests and uh not to prepare them for it either so putting you on the spot really so if, um, if you could book any match for WrestleMania, your dream match, or one that you feel should have happened previously, what would it be?
0: I know what you're going to say, next, so just say it because <laughs> you're going to steal my answer. Charlotte,
1: okay. versus Sasha <laughs> versus Becky Lynch versus Bailey. I'd maybe throw throwing Ronda Rousey for a Fatal Five-Way, but at least those <laughs> four. Main event. Let him close it out. And I mentioned the other match earlier, Tyson Fury versus Brock Lesnar. Those would be the matches I want to see. Uh, I think I think they'd be phenomenal. What do you, what do you think, Joe? Uh,
0: I don't know if you're going to entirely agree with me here, but uh, I watched their match at Survivor Series, and I was blown away, and I was so heavily invested in it. I want to see Roman oh. Reigns versus Drew McIntyre again. Help pass. Their first match... Uh, with Reigns coming back from the cancer stuff uh, with like Dean Ambrose kind of leaving the company. It, it felt bittersweet to build the match. Uh, was wasn't really great when we went to WrestleMania. And I think that's, that's a fair well, that was the
1: worst match on
0: the card. But I think if they do it again, Roman Reigns with this character, Drew McIntyre Drew with this character, having Drew McIntyre win the Royal Rumble next year and go into Dallas uh, that is a match that I really want to see. So, our uh, first match was a big disappointment, but I think if you do it again, under the right circumstances, both guys stay healthy. If you do it next year, I think it could be a really, really huge money match.
1: I think the, you know, I want to see Lashley versus Lesnar too. It doesn't have to necessarily okay. WrestleMania, but if I could book one segment for WrestleMania, I think Joe would agree with me. We want to see The Rock and Elias do a concert. If you yes. want to get John Cena <laughs> involved, that works yes. too, but that'd be phenomenal i mean it's this, this guy elias all right the roar after wrestlemania has everybody in the stands chanting we are assholes because he called them he called them that right <laughs> that's star power right there i remember screaming with everybody i met last state on top of my lungs letting everybody know that wwe stands for walk with elias i mean that was seeing him perform was just magical we downloaded his album on spotify he's a really talented guy and you know, we, him and John Cena, they, they should have had a match by now. They haven't. You saw, uh, I'm, after when Elias, after WrestleMania, is was like the next man who went to WrestleMania, the dead man, Undertaker came out. Uh, there's just having a, an Elias with Undertaker feud, should have been good, but then it was mm-hmm. Goldberg versus Undertaker. Um, Elias is just, he's a superstar in the making. Jimmy Carderis, you listened, he agreed with us. He's the total package, mm-hmm. and they got to push this guy to the moon. Uh, so it's, I don't know what they're waiting for. Wake up. It's Elias, this guy's this guy's a mega star, which is waiting to happen.
0: I want to piggyback the rock point because at some point we're gonna get the rock versus Roman Reigns.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And with the the family tie-in. Uh if that if that whole story and the rock gives them the the, the schedule to for, for Roman Reigns to work with, I think those two together. Would be absolute wrestling magic, right? In- they game
1: should game. do it in a lumberjack match, though, with all right. the wild Samoans <laughs> and Rikishi, and um, then you could just have that's why the Rock gets screwed or something. So, that would know.
2: be amazing. Would it? Would it be as big? I don't know. Probably not on paper, but it's, it's the the Rock Hogan kind of thing? Has it been brewing no. for that long that
1: it'll mean something? I don't something? think so. They they haven't really teased they haven't teased it on screen at all whatsoever. So well, the, they're never yeah, they're not yeah. the same era. Whereas Hogan and Rock were going to get each other a week week and week uh in the monday night wars and that was to me you know yes mate that wasn't the main event but that's the greatest wrestlemania match of all time yeah
2: yeah no i do agree that was pretty amazing and uh i was by that point i was sort of two years out of the loop and i i I do i love that whole wrestlemania what, what a
1: wrestlemania i mean you had yeah. the tlc match rick flair's taking on the undertaker
0: like yeah. in, the, in the middle of the card that's a <laughs> tremendous match i mean that was that was a great paper yeah it was seven 17 is still the best 17 the best period that's... i can watch that show over and over again it's just that good so
2: many so many fans yeah always say that
1: I, mean,
0: I think that was the last great wrestlemania
1: Hogan rock and that's a long time ago now which is a yeah, real shame
2: it is well you know better days ahead fingers crossed listen guys thank you so so much for coming on this has been amazing it's been fantastic to talk to you um i urge everyone out there listening to this to follow these guys and you know listening to their podcast because if you enjoy mine you will love theirs so uh no you know all the best with everything hopefully you know we might be able to do this again soon sometime
1: absolutely it was fun it was fun to talk wrestling chris i really appreciate it and like you said everyone go check out our podcast you
0: know um right (laughs) chris this was really really fun uh love sharing our stories you know we love talking wrestling in general we would be so happy to do this again anytime you want us just reach out we'll be glad to to come on
2: i will thank you very much guys